0: this week on three questions by Corey Kareem. You know, how bad do you believe in that vision? Like how bad do you believe in that dream? You know, it's only tested through like failure and opposition and all that kind of stuff. It's like in the weight room, like resistance builds muscle.
1: Welcome back, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Three Questions by Corey Kareem, the show where we sit down with some amazing people who've done some amazing things. And that's right. You guessed it. We asked them three questions, sometimes four, sometimes five. But rather than talk about their successes, uh, we're going to talk about their failures, more specifically the lessons that they learn from those individual experiences. So uh, my guest today is a media personality He's an entrepreneur specifically. He's the CEO of Shifter Agency. Uh, He's also a brand and marketing strategist. He's a culture journalist and speaker. He's appeared on CBC News, CTV, City News, and Fox Soul. He's interviewed celebrities like Kevin Hart and Tyrese Gibson, and one of my favorite Hollywood crushes, Dasha Mm Polanco,
0: Kevin Bourne.
1: Aka KB the boss. Welcome to the podcast, my brother.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me, man. And I, I hear you on the whole Dasha polanco thing. I just want to say, yeah, when I got on that, when I got on that media scrum, I was like, I know who I'm asking a question right now. <laughs> Even if it <laughs> wasn't the star of the movie, the main star. I was like, I am asking her a question.
1: Yeah, you know, for me, it's it's the voice, man. It's 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 the voice. It's it's the whole voice, the accent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, So real quick, uh, Kevin, for the people, I know I gave you a pretty decent uh, intro there, but for the people that are not familiar with your story, why don't you give them a brief background of, you know, who you are, what you're about and how you got into,
0: you know, what you do now. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, So originally from the Toronto area, I grew up in North York and uh, and Mississauga Um, and studied political science at York University. So eventually, I uh, made the move out to Ottawa with the dream of working on Parliament Hill um, and, you know, kind of kind of moved to Ottawa in blind faith. Like, I didn't have any job prospects, didn't really know anybody, like only a few people that had lived in Toronto that moved to Ottawa, but didn't really know anybody. You know, my wife and I moved there kind of on blind faith. Um, found out two weeks before we moved that we were pregnant with our first child, <laughs> you know, so it was just kind of a, just a spur of the moment move. And we both ended up on Parliament Hill doing our thing. I worked in communications. And then, um, yeah, while I was there, I kind of just started seeing the, the culture scene and music. And I was like, you know, Ottawa reminded me of Toronto in the 90s. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just when it comes to like hip hop and, you know, the fact that music was happening in the city, but this wasn't getting out of the city and whatnot. And the infrastructure just wasn't there. So I was like, shoot, like I could I could not do something. Like, you know, I kept just telling people, I'm like, man, like, you know, where's the media here? Like, this is the capital capital city of Canada. Like, where's you know, where's the big city media here? And it was like people were like, yeah, whatever. So I realized, okay, this is something that I need to I need to do something about. And so when I was in Toronto, I was more so like suit and tie kind of guy. I was an organizational development consultant. Mm-hmm. And then after moving to Ottawa and seeing the the need for media, I was like, I became like culture guy. I kind of just mm. I saw the opportunity. I was like, okay, there's this opportunity to build something out of out of Ottawa because I realized it wasn't wouldn't just be beneficial for Ottawa, but beneficial for Canada to have some media out of the capital city. So I right. built it, eventually got got fired from my Parliament Hill job yeah. and uh, you know, went straight into full-time entrepreneurship pretty much since then. Right. So uh, you know getting fired, you know, ended up being a blessing. And then, yeah, I just, you know, we started with the magazine. Eventually, I realized that I was doing PR work as well, just without knowing it. And had all this, you know, this communications experience um, from the Hill. So I just kind of was like, hey, like, I might as well just turn this shifter thing, not just into a magazine, but an agency where I could do a lot of my communication stuff and PR and all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of how we landed where we are right now.
1: That's dope, man. And I hear you on the blind faith. I feel I feel when you because to me, maybe I'm overstating this, but I'm going to take ai am going to make a wild assumption and say that you had a very strong gut feeling that this is where you need to go. You might not have had all the evidence and the facts, but something was pulling you to to Ottawa and you're just like, I I got to go. And I feel like a lot of us ignore that that gut feeling, that yeah. intuition, if you want to call it. Yeah. that. Um and because the, the facts aren't there, right? And yeah. uh, Um. So kudos for you for 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 following on that instinct. And the second thing, I love the fact you said I got fired, and I'm going to add something to it because I'm an advertising myself. You got fired, and then you hide yourself. So I I I, I like mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah. So Much respect <laughs> for that. Um. So let's get into the first question. So as a content. PR and brand strategist and media entrepreneur, uh, Entrepreneur ultimately. Uh, what has been your biggest failure to date? Why was it your biggest failure? And ultimately, how did you get through it? And over-
0: yeah. It's when, yeah, when I saw this question, there's a few things that kind of came to mind. But I know for me, one like when, when big failure or moment I had, I was emceeing an event. It was like a music festival. And it was live streamed. It was it was a kind of a live stream thing. It was very like professional setup. It was kind of like a TV type thing. Right. And I totally bombed. And I was like, and I, I'm the media guy. Like people know, like yeah, I, like I host on radio. I did like I've done all kind of stuff. Some people were like, yeah, I got this. I don't. Yeah, I'm like, you know, I didn't prepare probably as much as I should have. I got the script late, but I was like, I'm good. This is media. And so yeah, the teleprompter was going. And it was like, in my, my as I was going, my, in my mind, it was like, I was remembering you know, those kind of those dreams, those nightmares where you're trying to talk and nothing, nothing's coming out. Mm. And I was like, and as I'm reading from the teleprompter, this is what I'm thinking about. And it started happening where I was just like, uh, and I just, I choked, you know, on, on the live broadcast. And I was like, it, I felt so, I got through, I finally had to stop live on air, had to stop, gather myself. And then kind of keep going, like struggling through it. And um yeah, I, I finally got to the break, and everyone was like, It's okay, Kevin, like it's okay. And I was so tempted, like even while I was in mid-sentence, I was tempted to literally run off the set and just leave. <laughs> the door is right there. I'm like, I should I should literally just leave. I willed myself mm-hmm. to stand there and get through that script live. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, we came back from break. Was a little bit better. Still struggling through it, and i am i am i Probably, I was so bruised my ego because I have a reputation as being like the media guy. Right. So to struggle through it, I was just like, "Wow!" And then you know, and finally, like after the different breaks, I finally by the last time, I was just like, I was rolling. I was like, "Whatever," but that was like you know to struggle like that live on air it's something that I feel like I'm—I was born to do, mm-hmm. that was called to do was just like, "Wow." Like I just bombed. Right. <laughs> I totally bombed. I had to own it. like I had to own the fact that I totally bombed. um but it, it for me it was like just a lesson of like like just staying power like sticks. I feel like you know times when we're, we're in those moments where we're failing or things aren't going, like the tendency is always to like to leave, try and like leave and run away and like mm-hmm. you know all that kind of stuff. And so for me, it was just like a moment of like, okay, like I felt good. I was like. I stayed, you know, I stayed in that moment and like when I I could have ran. And so for me, that was, and I I had a few of those moments. Like even when I was doing my TED Talk, Mm -hmm. um, I had a similar moment, like the day before the rehearsal. I was like, I bombed. I was the worst. Every person on the roster, I bombed my rehearsal the day before. And I was just like, and, and having this out of body experience, you're like, listen, I'm KB the boss. Like I'm a media guy. Like I talk like what's happening here. And I totally just bombed rehearsal and i was like next day next morning we're we're actually doing it and i was like i don't think there's any way i'm going to get through this like without totally screwing up and so yeah i i I, and i ended up up getting up there i kind of fumbled my my first two sentences and i was like oh here we go and then something just went boom and i just coasted for the whole rest of it like i i i did well and everyone was like man like that was the biggest transfer, like, from rehearsal to, like, the live, and like, live event, like, that was the biggest transformation we saw, but for me, it was, like, because so I noticed, like, I don't think people realize, like, I get anxiety sometimes before, before having to speak, I get anxiety before, and people will think, people think, oh, yeah, you do this all the time, but I still get anxiety sometimes, you know, and sometimes it does get the best of me, you know, whether it's right. live on air or in rehearsal, but, I mean, yeah, like that sense of just bombing in in, in, in your craft that you were born to do like that for that felt like a failure, you know, to me. Right,
1: right. And no, and I'm glad you point that out because myself, I experienced that like I'm I would consider myself a a fairly good presenter. But even at times, I do feel that that sense of anxiety or anxiousness before Mm -hmm. You know, um, and it's 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 wonder. And, and so I wonder for you, do you feel like it's because you're getting so much in your own head or do you feel like it's competition? Like, for example, when you're at TED and you maybe you saw three people go before you and you're like, oh, shit, I was really polished. Was it anything like that? What do you think? No, I think for that? me,
0: I think part of it was just being in my head. But yeah. also, I, re- I, and I actually I actually have a business coach. And she kind of helped me work through because I was like, why am I? Because I never used to have issues with this at all. Like I've spoken so many times. I've spoken in church in front of crowds. I've spoken like I've been on the radio, TV, nothing. And she said, and what she said to me, she's like, what what you're recognizing is that the stages stages have become bigger. Mm. So before it was just like, yeah, you know, yeah, you speak at church. Everyone knows you or you like, I don't know, like radio. And I can't see anybody there. So it's just like, I just talk. But she's like, now more people know you. So the stage is a lot bigger and there's a lot more at stake now. Anytime you go on something, there's there's a a lot more at stake. And, you know, so it's like she's like, you're not afraid of speaking. It's like you're just it's like you just recognize that the stages are now bigger and more people are watching. And I was like, that, 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 that helped me. I was like, oh, I'm not afraid of the speaking. It's just I'm in my head. Like, it's like I realized for me in this in general, I spend too much time. Even though probably doesn't care what people think, uh-huh. there's another part of me that still does. Uh-huh, you course. know, and so sometimes, so even the part where you are in your head, it's because it's not because you're. At least for me, it's not because I I don't see myself properly. It's because I'm like I instead of sometimes seeing myself through how I see my how I should see myself. Sometimes I see myself through. I imagine myself through the eyes of somebody else. Absolutely. and that's when you start to, and that's when you start to feel not qualified right. and you start to question yourself and then you don't feel confident and then right. and you're in this spiral of just questioning yeah. and then you know all that stuff so yeah yeah
1: no i totally get it and i could totally relate to that so what would you say was the biggest lesson you learned from that
0: experience uh what would you say the biggest lesson yeah, yeah for, from for that? me it's like i had to i had to like what got me through like for instance with the ted talk what got me through because i re- I'm a very procedure and process oriented person. I like to be very like you when I'm talking. I like to hit every single point, right. and I had to realize like. Don't, like, that's what for me. I always like, I, I'm great at talking live, but when she used to give me a script, I'm like, oh shoot, like, I have to get every single thing. I, and then, so after a while, I had to realize, like, I don't need to get every single point. I don't need to say every single thing. I just need to get across what I need to get across. Right. So that was the first thing. Like, with the, for instance, with the TED Talk, mm-hmm. it was like the next day, like, the first day when I was rehearsing, I was trying to memorize every single word. And the second day, it was just like, just talk. Like, you know what you want to say, just mm-hmm. talk. And the, other, the the big lesson for me was like now whenever I'm I'm doing anything like that, I have to, I always rehearse in my mind, like God brought me to this opportunity. So, so he like if he brought me to this opportunity, like I'm ready for it. Right. You know, if he brought me to this opportunity, I'm ready for this moment. Like you know, God didn't bring me to this to this this point of doing this TED Talk for me to fail. Right. So that realization and realizing realizing that I was born to do this. Right. Like that. That for me is always the thing that I rehearse in my mind before I'm doing anything. It's just remembering this is what I was born to do. God made me for this. He didn't bring me to this point to fail. You can do this, and right. that's kind of what I, you know, rehearse in my mind.
1: No, that's dope. That's dope. Um, so let's go on to the second question. So, what does a hard day look for uh, for a media strategist like yourself, an entrepreneur that's in the media business? What specifically, what are some of the things you personally do to deal with those challenges, those setbacks, Mm -hmm. uh, the negativity, whether it be outside noise or just your Mm -hmm. own internal voices?
0: Yeah. Well, I guess the first part, what what a hard day looks like Mm -hmm. Um, for me, it's like, to be honest, I don't really a hard day for me is when just things aren't working. Like sometimes I'll be doing a PR campaign for some somebody, and it's like usually if I'm doing a PR campaign, like it's going crazy. Like you know the person's getting coverage and all that kind of stuff. And then there's some days where it's like things just don't seem to be working. Where you're like you're reaching out to your usual contacts and nobody's biting on a story, and you're just like you know you're you're promising you know you feel like you know you, you told your your client you're confident that you know you can get them this this press coverage or whatever, and then it's right. like nothing seems to be working like none of your contacts are biting and you're just like that those days where i can't i feel like i can't deliver are those hard the hard days or the days where i feel like i can't deliver to the level that um that i'm capable of like those are those are the hard days and also too the, the hard days some of the hard days are ones where i just i take on too much and i realized like i had a good two weeks even like this last week was good but before that like there was a good two weeks where i realized I took on way too much and that's when you get to the point where you're not delivering because you're just like I took on weight instead of just focusing on a few things I'm here trying to do five, six, seven different projects at once and you're like I'm not delivering on any of them and that's that for me is like the feeling of being overwhelmed is a, a bad feeling that's a bad day for me and then just not feeling like I'm delivering to the capability um, of what I'm 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 capable of and la- and hard day off- so too looks just like not hitting numbers like you know like our business is a very numbers oriented business you know mm-hmm. it's a very stats oriented business like mm-hmm. you know like on the on the content side you can see what content is biting you can see how many views did this thing get right and, you know and when you're working, you know when you work when you're working on something that you're like man this is going to be a crazy interview this is going to be a crazy article and you put it out and you're like nothing yeah nothing but no, no one's engaging with it and you're just like yeah. Yo, like I thought this was gonna be. I thought this was gonna be it. I thought this was gonna be the thing that just like went went crazy on social media and it's like crickets, mm-hmm. you know. And those are those are the moments where I'm like, you you start to doubt yourself. You're like, man, like what am I doing? Like, right? But, you know, am I even in the right business? Like, so yeah, those days for me, yeah, those are tough days. And for me, how how do you feel? Like, I, I tend to start. I start every day. Like recently, I started. Like, I think this year or late like last year. Like, I start every day. You know, just praying. Mm -hmm. you know praying for my business praying for myself you know praying for just whatever you know and for me that always puts me in the right zone like just starting my day from a very from a spiritual place and just kind of like connecting to something bigger than myself like that it it makes my mistakes seem like almost like minimal in the grand scheme of just the world you know when you see what other people are going through sometimes you're like man like this mistake really isn't the end-all be-all of, of my life so yeah for me that's 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 my big way just you know praying every day to start my day even before i would do any work right you know i, I connect that way and then i feel like when i when i start my day like that it just makes it better because even, even processing with my wife always yeah. helps me as well to kind of grapple with my failures
1: no that's powerful man and i think you know you talking about prayer you're yeah. probably the second or third person that i uh, I've sat down with on this podcast, and they've mentioned how uh, critical prayer is in their life. And it's just a reminder for myself to, you know, I haven't have been as consistent as I should. Uh, so that's something that I just took away. And also just understanding that, you know, uh, successful individuals like yourself, they have a routine uh, for when they get into those down moments, let's just call it that those slumps or whatever you want to call it. And I think it's important for everyone to understand that there's you got to develop your own routine and figure out what what, it, what that is for you. For myself, I have like a certain playlist that gets me, you know, back into the zone. I, I do some meditation. I do some visualization, writing. That's something that I negated for a long period of time. And just recently started doing that again and, and found how therapeutic that is. You know what I'm saying? You mentioned that you have yep. a, a business coach. And I have one as well, but specifically for presenting, speaking, things of that nature. And then I have a therapist in addition to that. Mm. And all those things yeah. kind of help me to kind of deal with like the internal noise, the external stuff. Because I'm an overthinker. That's my Achilles heel. And so all those different pieces help me to kind of yeah. uh, deal with that overthinking. Um, and there's also something you said earlier uh when you talked about what you learned from your, your TED speech uh and that that uh media event that didn't go so well mm-hmm. something that came to mind for me I was reflecting as you gave your answer and for me in those moments where i feel like I didn't do well it, it usually has to do with lack of pep- preparation
0: yes you know? I, and, I, and I, re- I realized that for, i also realized that for myself like I'm somebody that I, i've been good at winging it for a long time like mm-hmm. i was good at winging it so i always just i kind of frowned on, on preparation. It's just like, ah, listen, I know I said. I know this like riding a bike. I could do this. Right, and right. I think just really my, one of my takeaways, even just from this year was like, okay, I need to start preparing properly for things like interviews. Like if I'm interviewing someone and I'm, I'm prepared, like I I see it goes well. Right. So right. That, that definitely preparation is huge. Yeah.
1: And for me directly, what it does, it just gives me confidence. Right. And, and I think, you also hit something on the the point, was uh, focusing on trying to remember all the words when it's really just the idea you're trying to get across, right? And and someone said to me a few years back, uh, you got to move away from memorization to just understanding what you're trying to say so you can just communicate it, right? It's the memorizing part that that messes people up, especially when you're trying to deliver a talk uh, or a speech. And then you mentioned the word focus. Uh, I'm recently writing a series on failure and focus is one of the key hacks that I identify mm. because a lot of us, I feel we try to take on too much. And, you know, I get it because you're, you're bombarded with everything. Maybe I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm seeing this. But I, th- I found for me when I kind of limited what I am supposed to be doing, it gave me more clarity and it allowed me to have the time to figure out what wasn't working so I can devote time to kind of fix those things that I'm committed to. So I think, you know, cutting away the, the clutter and really figuring out what you're supposed to be doing. And I like to stick to the rule of three. Um, it's, it's not like a, a static thing, but for me that if I stick to three or four things, I know I'm good. That's my bandwidth level. So uh, thank you for calling that out. Um, going on to question number three. Um what would you say from your experience are some of the common misconceptions and mistakes uh entrepreneurs or influencers have or make when it comes to growing their brand and establishing their brand? Like what are some of those things you think that people often miss or just maybe they just don't even know?
0: Um, for me, it's like I'm a big I'm a big fan of personal branding. And I think a lot of times people don't take the time to work on their personal brand. Like I'm very, you know, just aware of what my personal brand like is about, like I, I, I have it down. And a lot of times, like, you know, you see, you know, artists and entrepreneurs and stuff like they're creating they're doing their thing, but then they don't take that time to actually consider like, what is my personal brand? Cause everybody has one, you know, whether, whether you, whether you're passive with it, or you're just kind of like, really on you know um or you're really just kind of in front of it everybody has a personal brand right if you're always late that's your personal brand you know if you're always if you're trustworthy you know that's your personal brand if you're a gossip that's your personal brand right so everybody has one but most people just don't take the time to actually like be aware of it and actually like sit down and think about what that personal brand is um and a lot of times like it's that personal brand that attracts opportunities to you like it's that personal brand that um gets you opportunities in the in your industry um like for me like most of the things that i offer opportunities i get it's not stuff people people think i'm out there like sending out like emails and trying to get on tv and trying to get on whatever and i, I literally don't even like most opportunities that come to me or the opportunities that i, I get it, you know they came to me like i don't I don't kind of go out there and try try to um, get opportunities, and it's because like I'm just aware of my personal brand, um, and so I think that's something that a lot more people need to be cognizant of. Um, it, 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 you know, whether whether it's like attracting fans, like your personal brand helps you to attract fans, helps you to attract business opportunities, all that kind of stuff. So I think a lot of times people just don't don't take the time for that, um, and I still think a lot of people just don't have not really harnessed the power of social media yet. Like there's a lot of people who just like people who are in business and people who are in who are creators who are still just very like eh about social media. I hate it. Uh-huh. You know, I don't I don't it feels like a full-time job. And I think a lot of people are still not where they need to be in their careers or their business because they just really haven't given into the 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 necessity for social media. And I think some people are just like that's for vain people. Like that's for the Kardashians. Uh-huh. you know that's for those kind of people but it's like no it's for it's, it's for all of us you know so I think that is something that people um that's that's an issue for for some people and I think also too just really treating what you treating what you do as a business you know there's there's different parts you know over my journey like we started shifting 2013 so it's what nine the same years yeah uh-huh. and um there's different periods where I thought I was treating what I do like a business but I realized afterwards I wasn't you know and that was like you know and over different different times people would call what I was doing a hobby and I'd be like no it's not a hobby like this is what I'm doing and then after a while I realized oh shoot yeah it still is a hobby and then I'd go a few years and I'd push like oh yeah I'm in business and then I realized oh I'm not you know this still is a hobby right so it's like mm-hmm. I think for a lot of people there's a lot of artists first of all a lot of creators that really don't know that we haven't tapped into the fact that they are entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And then also, there's entrepreneurs that probably feel like they're being a business person. But really, when you look at it, they don't really have a business. I think there's a lot of us that just need to, the mistake I think a lot of us are making is just really not committing to actually being business people. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something I had to learn. And I feel like maybe two years ago is where I kind of started making that turn. And Even and I think every year progressively, I've become just even more of less like a business person, Mm feeling what I do like a business. Um, And yeah, I've I've, I mean I've seen results from that. So I think those are a few things that people do that or don't do that's kind of hindering their growth and success.
1: Right. And uh, so you 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 mentioned the word you know um, be cognizant of your personal brand. So Mm -hmm. if I'm a media entrepreneur or, or if I'm an influencer, an aspiring influencer, how do I and I'm in the beginning stages. How do I discover what my brand is? What's like a hack someone can mm-hmm. use to discover what their personal brand is? like the starting I
0: mean, point. Is a, Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I, we have an actual process that we take people through um, mm-hmm. to help them with their personal branding. But I think one thing is just really assessing, like what, what do people say about, what are people already saying about you? You know, what are people, like, I mean I was dealing with a, a lady in her fifties or sixties and every every, all these young ladies she's a she was like a pastor's wife and um all every like everybody was always like man where do you get your clothes like can you take me shopping all that kind of stuff and she was like oh yeah whatever whatever and you know I was looking at her stuff and I was like yo where's all your stuff where where, there's nothing on your stuff about fashion and style and she's like she didn't think that was her personal brand I'm like if everyone keep all these young, young ladies keep asking you where you're getting your clothes and they keep asking you to take them shopping, your personal brand is about, it is style. It's like people are aspiring to, to look like you, to dress like you. They want to know. So I'm like, whether you like it or not, that is your personal brand, you know? So looking at those things that people are already saying about you, um, and kind of documenting that, I think it's a good place for people to start. Like, what do people like? Even for me, like the reason why you know I have, I have the whole like I was looking for a radio name and I went with KB the Boss because people just kept calling me Boss, mm-hmm. you know, and people kept treating me like I was this boss. So I was like, shoot, okay, let me, like that's what people that's what people call me already. That's what right. people see me as this like serious business guy. So I was like, shoot, like that's what they're already saying about me. So when I, went, mm-hmm. I was looking for a radio name, it was like KB the Boss and it's in that there's authenticity, right? Because it's not, it's not fabricated. It's like, this is what people are already saying about me. I'm I'm just figuring out a way how to to package it in a way that is, you know, that's that could speak to people. But so yeah, figuring out what people are already saying about you is, is, is big.
1: Right now the opposite to that. What if I I have a brand that's not so positive Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to shift that, you know, like Mm -hmm. an agency name, yeah is there a process to do that
0: i think again just starting i think you should still start with you know what are people saying about you already Mm -hmm. um and you're literally going through like one by one of like what you know what do i want this to be this is it right now it's like what do i want this to be what action steps do i need to like actually do to turn this one thing into like if i'm always if i'm known as a person who's always late my action step needs to be that I'm I'm now 15 minutes early, you know, everywhere I go, right? You know, and then eventually, like you do that enough, because you know your your brand is, you know, your brand promises established over time. It's consistency, right? So right. if you know if you the reason why you're always the no one who's being late because you consistently were late. So right. if you want to change that around, you need to be consistently early. Right. You know, so it's just you know whatever whatever areas where you want to see a change in your your brand, it's like you have to just apply consistency. Uh, over time, to kind of change change the perception.
1: No, I love that. I love that because it it actually actually reminds me of something I read. Um, so there's a book called Atomic Habits. I think the author is James Clare. He says a lot of us go about it wrong. We go after our goals, and he mm-hmm. says it's good to go after your goals, but you shouldn't focus on them. You should focus on the habits mm-hmm. that accumulate to your goals. Right? Your goal is that that the prize. Okay, now, now that you've identified what the prize is, what are the daily habits you need to do consistently, as you just mm-hmm. mentioned, that will get you to your goal? And that's what we need to focus on, the, the small, incremental, daily, yeah. sometimes mundane things that mm-hmm. we tend to overlook. That's what we really need to focus on.
0: But- exactly. And sometimes it's just it's you know it's a lot of discipline like you know with any kind of branding effort it's like discipline is important right so it's like mm-hmm. it's also what you say yes to what you say no, what you say no to mm-hmm. right because if something goes against your brand sometimes you maybe may be able to have to say you know what no I'm not doing that <laughs> you know like, or yes I am doing that so that's a big part of it
1: yeah absolutely all right uh, last major question here um, so throughout your amazing career um uh, what has been the best lesson you have learned
0: from failing thus far for me it's just it, it really is just resilience um I feel like every I don't know I think I feel like almost every year I've gone through like periods of just loss and failure like I went through that like last year like the beginning of last year I killed it man I was like January, February, March last year, I was like, oh man, like I was revenue was ridiculous. And then all of a sudden, like April hit and it was just like progressively wet, like downhill on a personal level too. Like, there's just, you know, there's some things happening personally, like or the, mm. the place, the place we were living and it just business and personal things were just on the decline. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it sucked because I thought, I thought, oh yeah, we're 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 riding this success and this is gonna be permanent. And then things just mm-hmm. like we experience loss. But like, I, I identified quickly that it was a blessing. Like I was like, okay, like there's something I'm supposed to learn mm-hmm. in this. And I got the le- and I I understood the lesson I was supposed to get like very early. Mm-hmm. And you know, part of it really is just resilience. Like these things come, like a lot of failures come to test you to see how bad you want something. Mm-hmm. You know, how bad do you believe in that vision? Like how bad do you believe in that dream you know right. and it's only tested through like failure and opposition and all that kind of stuff it's like in the weight room like resistance builds muscle right you know so a lot of times when you're experiencing these things or it just it feels like it's just loss after loss right. failure after failure you realize like I feel like I became a, like last year I feel like I became a real business person mm-hmm. going through months of failure right like I had to learn how to manage like manage our, you know, look at our business kind you know, We had to learn how to manage our money a certain way. We had right. to learn, you know, certain things. So, you know, I feel like I became a real business person in the midst of these months of loss and failure. Um, and this again, re- resilience. Um, I feel like I feel like there's a lot of character that is built in you. Like success doesn't build character. Mm. You know like failure is what builds character loss it's like how you how you handle loss and failure like the person that you become in the midst of failure and loss like that is the true test of who you are and that's how character is 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 built When funds are low what do you do right when when, when you know are you still are you, are you still a person of character when people and other people around you are acting weird are you still a person of character like when everything is just going haywire like are you you a person of character you know and those are the things that happen like when things are limited when funds are limited resources are limited things are not going a certain way is where you learn so much more about who you are and and conversely there's people out there who when things are going wrong you see the real like they're like i'm an amazing person but when funds are low all of a sudden they start doing shady things and you realize oh that moment of loss and failure revealed who they really were you know the the pressure cooker of life, so I feel like those moments it really is a pressure cooker, and it, it like those moments bring out the best and worst of you. Like you see who you really are when you're in the middle of when you're in the mix of loss and failure. Like who you are in the moment of success is not who you really are. Right. <laughs> you know right. who, who you are in the midst of like failure and loss. Like that is that is the re- the, the true person that you are. No, you know? you,
1: you, you hit, you're hitting a lot of notes here, and I often hear. We often hear the phrase double down. And it's so easy to try and incorporate these terms, phrases into our lives, but to actually double down when things are going down takes a lot of character and a lot of gut and a lot of instinct and a lot of faith to do that. And what you said just remind me of the saying, you know, well, reminds me of something that I've learned to do. And I've probably heard it from somewhere else, where it's like, you know, I don't I try not to judge people when they're at their best or on their, are on their high, if you will. I like to judge people when they're, when they're in it, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that, yeah. it, whatever that it is. Cause that's yeah. like, to your point, that's where you see uh, where people are, who they really are, right. When they're going through really difficult and tough times is how they handle that type of situation. And it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that they're not allowed to, you know have anger or display like a negative emotion. It's just you want to see how they manage it.
0: Right. We're all Yeah, like, like their decision making. Like what dis, like what's your decision making like in the midst of that? In the midst right. of being angry and disappointed. So right. We all go through those times of disappointment when things aren't going the right. right way. But it's like yeah, what's your decision making in the midst of that?
1: Right. And how you come out on top. And then yeah. it also reminds me of this quote that i think i made it up maybe when i was like (laughs) and it says something like through adversity comes the greatest of success so yes you know through those difficult times those challenges that's really where success comes from because if things were always sweet then Mm -hmm. you wouldn't really deem it as success it would just be normal but when when you have that dynamic where it's like down right the low and then you have an up then you're like okay this is clearly like a win here, right? Mm -hmm. An an upswing. So that reminded me of that. And the the follow-up to that question is, um, to the young man or young woman that says, Kev, I want to do what you're doing. If you could only give that person one piece of advice, what would it be?
0: Just don't make excuses. Mm. Like, don't make excuses. Like excuses is like because excuses are our way out mm-hmm. like, you know excuses are a reason why something can happen oh i'm black oh i grew up in this neighborhood oh i'm whatever it's like those are all excuses <laughs> you know and, and, and it's, not, it's not to say that there, there, there's there's certain there aren't certain realities of being in in certain places but i find that there's a lot of people build up excuses as to why something can happen instead of just being like I'm gonna figure out a way to make it happen. I think a lot of people do we just make excuses. So I would say, you know, just don't make excuses. If you're from a certain neighborhood, who cares? Like, <laughs> you know, if you're black, who cares? If you're a woman, who cares? Like you see, those of somebody's disabled, like the other day, that this that that wrestler that who has no legs, who's born no legs, and he won those state championship with no legs. Yeah. All he has is arms <laughs> in, in, you know, and, and a torso. And this guy's like a, a state champion. Like, yeah. He, he, this guy's not making excuses. He didn't say, Oh, I have legs, I can't wrestle. He's he's, yeah. he's a state champion now. Yeah. You know, so my 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 advice is just don't make excuses and you know, if you want it bad enough, figure it out.
1: Oh man, that's a great example. And it made me think of two other ones. I see there's a kid, I think he's playing college ball somewhere. Yes. He's got I one he's got one, he's got one arm. Yeah. Or one one hand or whatever you say. One arm, yeah. One arm. And he's like highly recruited and he's killing it. Uh, I I can't remember what his name is. I think he might be from New York or something like that. But he is he is a top prospect. And speaking of a guy with no legs, I seen a video the other day of another guy no legs, and he's a like a, a track star. And so he does sprinting, and it's just it's insane. I just like man. Yeah. I wonder like. The, the the thoughts that goes through a person that's in that particular situation because when you and i when we see that it eliminates all of our excuses mm. right you, you know what i'm saying like if, if someone like that is just going out there and like i have half of a body i'm still gonna live a life
0: exactly like,
1: like what is what is what is really my excuse in this moment exactly you
0: know? and that's what it comes down to. It realize it's all about mindset like, and I feel there's so many times where it's like the difference between like successful people and unsuccessful people really is, it comes down to mindset. Like, like for me, I know it's even for myself getting my business coach. Like as soon as i as soon as I changed certain mindsets is where I, is when I saw certain, like when I saw certain returns, I saw, I saw certain success. It was really just working on the mind. And these people who, who should have excuses, like if these people said, I can't be a state champion because I don't have legs. Mm-hmm. we would we, we like if he if he had said that we'd be like yeah like you have a reason right you right. have a reason to not right yeah. yeah you have a valid reason but for him that it wasn't valid mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's like it wasn't valid to him and i think mindset is everything like even when it came to like you know covid when covid started i particularly i said to myself I'm like i'm coming out of this thing better than when i i came into it mm-hmm. like i that, i set my mind like this is like you know i don't I'm, I'm coming out of this thing better than when I came in and I was like, I worked out every, like, I kept working out yeah. at home. Like yeah. I'm physically, I was like, and I'm i I'm in a better place. Like, yeah. work, you know, body wise, even business wise, I'm in a better place. And it was just mindset of saying I'm coming out of this thing. And I found a lot of people were just like, Oh, COVID. Oh, yeah. and it's yeah. like, nah, man. Like I, I was like, I'm coming of this thing better. And I, I, I was like, I was willing myself, like, yeah. you know, so again, mindset, not making excuses, not playing the victim. Mm-hmm. Like all that kind of stuff is so important.
1: Oh, 100%. Now really quick, uh rapid fire questions. This is where I ask you three questions and you try to respond to your best yep. ability in 5 seconds or less. So first question, if you could tell influencers to stop doing one thing, what would it be?
0: Oh shoot. Uh if I could tell influencers to stop doing one thing, what would it be? Uh I'll stop being influencers, not checking. Um <laughs> stop doing one thing. I don't know. That's, that's so hard. Influencers stop doing one thing. Um, and I can say this to myself. I think just being about yourself too much, mm. you know, I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably guilty of that, that, that as well. But I think a lot of times as in, people who are influencers, like, I think we're a little bit too much about ourselves.
1: Mm. I like that. I like that. Second one, what is the best platform to grow your brand?
0: Me personally, I think Instagram. I still I love Instagram. Mm-hmm. I still think it's the best place. You know, you could do written content, video content, you know, photo content, like graphics, like you could do Instagram lives, you could do stories, like it's it's a plat, it's like platforms within a platform. So for me, Instagram is still the best place in my opinion.
1: Dope. Okay. Uh last one. If you could change one thing about the media landscape, what would it be?
0: Um, I think it just to be a lot more uh, truthful um and to a lot be a lot less fear based. I feel like the media is really um, you know, it, it just can convey a lot of fear. It doesn't tell enough good like good stories. Like the whole model of of media is all about like telling stories that like I don't know if they're really important. like gossip, like I don't I'm not into gossip. We don't do that on our platform. but I think just really being truthful and telling new telling news that people need to hear telling good news um and being just less you know less sensational with with the news I think that would be that would be good that like people should be able to go to the go to the media at the end of the day and to see good things happening in the world obviously you need to report on the bad things as well but I think right. we need a lot more Bounce good news yeah in the world today not
1: fair love that so uh Kev, if 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 people want to work with you hire you collaborate with you where can they reach you? All that good
0: stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, my, my personal Instagram is at KB the boss underscore. Um, my email is Kevin at shiftermagazine.com, So you can uh, find me there. We also have our, our shifter magazine uh, Instagram, which is at shifter magazine. And then we have our shifter agency Instagram as well. But yeah, you can hit me up at um, Kevin, Kevin at shiftermagazine.com or or uh, info at shifteragency.com, And uh, those are the best places to uh, to find me.
1: Love it. Well, guys, uh, that concludes uh, this episode of three questions by Corey Kareem. And as I always like to end with, if you want to impress people, talk about the stuff you have. Talk about the awards you won, all the shiny clothes you might be wearing if you really want to impress people. But if you really want to have an impact on someone else's life, talk about the hard stuff you went through. And what you learn from them that's how you really move the needle in someone else's life mm. so with that being said the boss and i are out uh peace and love until next time we're out